clinic here we are closing out summer i'm your host one of your hosts vanessa and with me as always is your other host darren please call me darren you taste like a burger i don't like you anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty foul i'm sorry (laughs) yeah but we will get to that uh, uh, we will get to that, but um, yeah. I sorry, I got interrupted. No, it's all good. How have I'm, you been doing? Uh, you know, doing all right. Uh, like like the people in this movie, just sort of wrapping up summer, getting some stuff out of the way that I thought I'd be done with before summer was over, and you know, getting ready for the fall. Now it's either the season or of the American Empire. We never know. It could be both. Um, yeah. Regardless. Well, yes. I actually, I actually, yeah, very, very much a fall person. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But you've got to try to fit in some summer. And here we are, some wet, hot American summer, right? Yes. Um, last day of camp yeah or what does the poster say something like the first day of the third week in august which yeah yeah which is not today now no now we're uh we are covering what hot american summer the 2001 movie now darren tell me I know you've been busy running around with Danzig. Has he has he gone to? I mean, he's too young for sleepaway camp, I would say. But he's doing day camp. He's done a couple uh, this summer through his school. Uh, they had various yeah. things. He did something to outer space. He did a, a little week or two of mm-hmm. space. And he just started back at a hockey class. So oh. he's he has talked about sleepover camp, but this is not this not gonna be this summer. Um did you did you yourself go to camp? Yes, I went to uh quite a few camps. I think the first yeah. camp I really remember going to was Girl Scout camp. Because my mom was a whatever leader, pack master, troop leader. I don't know what they're called. I don't know. I wasn't a Girl Scout. (laughs) And uh, my older sister was a Girl Scout. And they had a cabin for the little brothers that had to come along. Uh, So, yeah, we did that. A decent amount of the camp firewood type stuff there. Uh, sixth grade, there was the class trip to K-1, 
Camp Templed Hills, I think it was called, in northern Ohio. I've still got two scars on my leg from that camp. And (laughs) in eighth grade, I got asked by somebody at my school if I wanted to go to this thing called Leadership Retreat, where we learned how to help our friends avoid doing drugs. And I had already started with some drugs. I was thinking it was a Christian camp when you said that name. I'm just pointing that out. Uh, It it was through. Sorry, that's a stereotype. No, it was through public school, but they did rent out a religious camp because all the cabins had like Mm. apostle names and shit. But it was really just, it was kind of, it was probably (laughs) adjacent, but I got to miss a week of school and not have to do any makeup work. And it it was mostly camping, but there was a decent amount of, you know, sort of people like the counselors from Adam's family values coming out like, okay, kids, you know, but I, I, I survived dare. So this was nothing. And yeah, I, I went, I went to that and we did weird things like chasing people, pretending we're wolves and building rope ladders. And I helped my friends get good drugs and stay safe when they were on drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. And then, so that was, that was eighth grade and, uh, you know, went camping a lot when I was a kid, but we, you know, we went to and set up camp places. It wasn't like this. It wasn't camp firewood or whatever the place in meatballs is called or, uh, Anyway, how about you? I did not go to camp, like sleepaway camp. I did do some like day camp type things like through community centers and stuff. Um, like mostly like arts types things. Uh. Um... I was all, you know, I was just too busy being the inside kid. <laughs> I was very involved in the uh, the summer library program. <laughs> oh, yeah. Summer yeah. reading was always good. That was one of my big summertime activities, especially since my, my best friend's mom was like the head librarian at our, at our library. Mm-hmm. So... We kind of yeah. had, kind of had to do it. She'd say something, especially if it was nasty out, and we were just hanging out inside. So why are you guys playing so many video games? I see you haven't finished a book in a while. See, and to me, like I went camping a lot of times with my family growing up, like, from the time I was four months old, basically. Uh, and it, to me, the camping is you go out in a tent. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to dig your own latrine. <laughs> but I've had to do it. Um, that, you know, 
you don't have to necessarily bathe in a a clean stream, you know, whatever stream. Um, There, I mean, to me, it's like shower facility type thing is okay, but still, it's kind of weird, the idea of a camp with cabins. I don't know why. The really, the only, my only reference for my genuine understanding of camp is like what I've seen in film and like, and it's probably inaccurate to some degree, but it's like what I've seen in this, what I've seen in Sleepaway Camp, what I've seen in Adam's Family Values, um, The Parent Trap, uh, <laughs> you know, however many horror films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we played a lot of cards it's at camp of weird. in sixth grade. I remember that. That's that's I think that's when mm. I learned how to play spades and euchre. Now I can say I actually taught arts and crafts uh day camp for the Jewish community center in Cincinnati. There you go. Did you get counseled uh, by any yeah. young people because you couldn't find the markers? No. No. <laughs> I had a good group of kids, but I, I was I was the strange arts and crafts person who would incorporate or try to incorporate art history into the whatever you made at, with your regular arts and crafts supplies, and I having to do this when they would have events for the JCC as a whole <laughs> at like when on, you know, Hanukkah or Christmas time. <laughs> Cause they're like, Oh, everything's closed. They, they come or come in on Christmas because everything would be closed. And the Jews all wanted someplace the or the, or, you know, the Jews wanted someplace to go. So they would take the family there. And I was there to, <laughs> But, yeah, so I was the arts and crafts person, and I thought you'd find that funny because, no, I was not quite Gale, but uh, I had a bunch of kids that were pretty awesome, I will say. And, um, I mean, I would screw with them all the time because, I, like, at one point, and the, and the ages ranged from, I think... Five to eleven. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that. And um, basically, I, at one point, I convinced them that they didn't know the alphabet because <laughs> they were singing the alphabet song one day, and I said, "No, you're all wrong." <laughs> and I was just like so deadpan. And I really just had them going for a good minute. I and they really was just. And then all of a sudden, they said, "I know, I'm just kidding." <laughs> and just and they all cracked up. I mean, we had kind of. I I joked with them enough that I felt it was okay. But I also have a twisted enough sense of humor with kids. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, I was like, so that's my lesson to you that just because someone may be in charge, you don't necessarily, you can 
question them if you're not sure they're right. <laughs> because they may not be. <laughs> right. And they were like, ah, no. <laughs> Teaching them to be subversive already. Oh, uh, another camping type thing, speaking of digging latrines and uh, showers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. As I've mentioned before, my parents were very much children of the, or, you know, early adults of the 60s and 70s and mm-hmm. continued on that way. So, like, many of them did at some point, they bought a patch of land somewhere. So, there was this area yeah. down near Marietta, Ohio, I think it was. That had a bunch of hills yeah. and there were some roads, I think, that had gone through there. So there were some broken down cars and they had just a bunch of them pulled together and got, they, it was just called The Land. And there was uh, an outhouse and some places for tents and uh, mm-hmm. other other things. Uh, so we went to a lot of copperhead snakes. Uh, so, I, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I don't go camping, really. I think the last time I was technically at a campsite or anything like that was one time when uh, my band was on tour. Nobody at our show in D.C. had a place for us to sleep. So we ended up yeah. getting a campsite with a parking space outside dc and slept in the van because <laughs> we didn't bring a tent with us or anything mm. but we just needed a place to sleep mm-hmm. without getting hassled um so yeah I, I did plenty of camping but only half of it was cabin like stuff especially communal cabins because they eventually did build a cabin down at the land but it was more of a shanty or a unabomber type thing rather than a group lodging yeah uh, sometimes when we yeah. were backpacking we'd stop at a place but that's not the same thing either yeah um yeah the last time i went camping was up near woodstock new york at some festival i don't remember (laughs) um and my friend and i were camping in my tent and but there were cabins there if you wanted to rent those um but you know there were showers and like a communal like basic kitchen type mm-hmm. area i feel you like a couple of them a couple of them at places so that people could come up and use a burner you know you didn't have to just use a fire like an outdoor hostel uh, But, yeah, a little bit. But then they also had yurts that you could rent. (laughs) 
Yeah, the yurts were kind of cool. <laughs> I will say that. And my friend, my friend was there because it, it, this festival was this whole thing that my roommate, um, who was running this uh, lesbian magazine at the time, um, she, anyway, she, she was somehow involved in like putting it all together. So we got in there like for free. But my friend was like massage therapist. So, you know, she was there working. I was just there and like got to kind of do whatever. <laughs> it was very beautiful. I would like to go back, but I have gotten to that point where I'm particular about camping. Need a little bit more comfort. Or at least a couple of minutes. Well, no, I just need to. I just at least need a bathroom, and shower facility, like shower facility. I can deal with doing the rest on my own, but I at least need that. I kind of like. I kind of like sleeping in a tent. I kind of like cooking outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's real camping of me. <laughs> but I'm weird that way. And I don't know. I, my family's weird because that, that's like I said, they got me started doing it at four months old. So. Get it out of the way early. Yeah. I think my dad still likes to go camping a bit. And my mom basically. Yeah, my mom lives near the beach in a little one sort of like a fancied up little cabin type thing. Like She sold her house to my yeah little sister when she was getting her divorce and built a little thing at the edge of the yard. Freaking, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I don't talk about my mom that much, but... You know, she's, I think she's got chickens and still doesn't ever wear shoes. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um. <laughs> That's okay. We both got a little derailed. I mean, but no, I think putting this in context of your view of how you just look at camp movies you know, because you said even meatballs, and I'm like, I didn't even think about that. I don't even know if I've seen meatballs, truthfully. No? I've seen one of them, the one where uh, the alien, and it's been so long. I think, well, I might have seen both of them. <laughs> Great podcasting. Um, Pee Wee Herman drives the bus <laughs> in one of them, or both of them. Okay. And in one of them... An alien helps the little boys make a guy who is boxing in a dress fly in his match against the dickheads from the military camp across the river or across the lake. And that's really all I remember. Okie dokie. I will take your word for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Back to Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Keep derailing us. Yeah. So anyway, this, I don't know. How do we want to go through this? I mean, there's so much. It's such a great cast. The music, I mean, the sound, the soundtrack is great. Uh, the cast, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> yeah. Michael Showalter. Paul Rudd. Christopher Maloney. Molly Shannon. Ken Marino, David Hyde Pierce, Marguerite uh, Moreau, Zach Orth. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, Michael Ian Black, Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper in his film debut, uh, Elizabeth Banks. Bradley Cooper yeah. did not show up. I don't know if he was invited, but he did not show up at the semi-cast read-through uh, at SF Sketchfest in 2012. Um, I forget who did his readings. Did you Did you get, Did you you get? ever watch that? I know I, I mentioned it, but you didn't know if you had access no. to it or anything like that. Paul Rudd showed up. Paul Rudd did all his stuff, and he busted out the sunglasses. Of course he did. When he did that one scene where Andy has to put his food... And Trey back, yeah. The, uh, okay. Oh, oh my God! Okay, we're we were gonna get to that, but I, I just want to say, I everybody says this all the time, but has Paul Rudd aged? Not really. Yeah. Only since pandemic, when I've seen him a little for unshaven for a little bit longer, not even like beard but just a little bit longer you can tell there's a tad bit of like gray maybe in there but that's the first time ever I've seen that that's the only thing that could even possibly age him he's still he doesn't have wrinkles (laughs) I think he's preserved by his, his general niceness and pleasant demeanor unless it's all a big act and he's like evil like people say when they're joking about like mr rogers or tom hanks when they're like well what if they were the opposite of what people think they are but you know yeah yeah he's he seems relatively ageless and good sport i i did double check that this this was before i think it was before he joined the you know the marvel cinematic universe but i feel like he would show up today if he had time off and they were doing a read-through uh, he had a. He seemed to have well, a blast. I think. Yeah, because that's why I said. I mean, he would show up to a read through. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's much more humble than certain other actors. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. Now. He he joined the Marvel Universe, and then he even came back for Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp, the prequel series that they did on Netflix. And then the other one, Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later, the sequel that they did 
on net that miniseries on Netflix. Like he did all that amidst like Marvel films. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, so he clearly he's clearly is still like you know intermingled in his career and still going back and doing Marvel films after he does something like that. He he goes back and forth. It shows his versatility as an actor, but just also, yeah, it shows the, I mean, that is why it's the only reason we can get away with watching this character on screen because <laughs> he really is un insufferable. <laughs> He oh, is an God. asshole. Andy, the petulant douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. So many Andy is and mean, throughout this movie. I mean, yeah, you're you're right. Just the way when he has to puts on the sunglasses when he has to pick up this stuff. Oh my God. <sighs> How many dead kids thrown <sighs> out of vans because he's gotta make out with uh um shit, what's her name? With the girl Abby, yeah. Uh, until Abby. she, yeah, Abby. With the until she gets the barbecue sauce, but then that only is a temporary. Oh no! Oh no! That's a that's a different one. Oh, is Abby that has the barbecue sauce? Is Abby the one that the guy that thinks everyone wants to fuck him? The Victor. Yeah, the Dan. Yeah. Uh, Dan, not Dan Marino. What am I thinking? What Ken is Marino. Ken Marino. Ken Marino. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And no, Elizabeth Banks, her character. What is her character's name? Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Marissa Ryan plays Abby, the one that was making out with every guy. <laughs> like. <laughs> Little tiny part for Joe Lotrulio, who um, yeah was a fan of him on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Really came into I don't know. yeah. I mean this. Uh, I mean, and for me, like I have always loved Janine Garofalo. Just yeah, yeah. I I have a big I have a big crush on her. It was a bummer that she didn't make it to the reread. Uh, well, I don't yeah. know if it was a bummer, but I was like, oh, man, this would have been cool if, if she made it. Um, mm -hmm. Especially since, I mean, I, she's a very busy person, so she might have just not worked out. But, you know, Paul Rudd was there and right. uh, Christopher Maloney. <laughs> Made, made a makeshift Maloney. he made a makeshift apron for the read through and was like he is in this movie just of course he did on it of yeah. course he did of course he did I, I love Maloney is just he's another he's another one who's more versatile than he's more versatile than you think which uh, you know because he got he's he? gotten so. Was Law and Order SVU, but he now has his own Law and Order um, organized crime. Oh, and what he was in Twelve Monkeys too, wasn't he? Yeah, I saw that not too long ago. 
Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, of course. Right. And uh show I used to watch. He a was lot in um of, I used to watch Oz. Like I think I've seen all of Oz at least once. Yeah. Oz. Wasn't he in all of the Harold and Kumar movies just as different characters? Oh right. He was the like tow freak truck show driver in the first one. In, yeah. Yeah, freak show. And I mean, like he played all these different crazy, weird characters under prosthetics during in those movies. Yeah. Yep, I did just checked while you were I mean, saying that, and he does play the Grand Wizard in Escape from Guantanamo Bay, credited yeah, as I, Reverend I knew, Clyde I, Stanky. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Christopher Maloney. He's fucking great. I mean, he, yeah, he, it's definitely, and and he is just priceless in this. If we were and gonna he's... do a scene, I know that he was gonna be involved. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I thought about it, and then I was kind of like, "Yeah, but neither of us can do it justice." Nope. Just in only the way Maloney could. It, it just doesn't work. And so why even try? Yeah, I, I never looked into try? his acting training, but he's he's got like good stage presence and a, a confidence that I think lets he him does... experiment with weird shit and pull it off. Yeah, he yes, I would agree. Well, he's a New York based actor, too. I think. All or most of these people are or were at that time New York based, except for like the kids. And I don't remember. Because I, I know like... Zach, I guess I'll tell you, Zach Orth that's in here, um, yeah. he is uh, at the, was it at the time or after this? He was doing voiceover work for Toyota. Um, I know because I was working on an account that was working with him. Um, yeah, and he was doing stuff for them for a while. I remember seeing The State. I think The State was on when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I was familiar with half or more than half of these people. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like my very first Christopher Maloney was Oz. Yes. I uh, Same with me. Not what anybody played. Chris, Christopher Keller. I like that he almost always has his tattoo, uh, that big arm tattoo mm-hmm. he's got. He doesn't cover it up or whatever yeah. in, in anything. I always kind of like that one. I don't know if it's religious or not. Kind of looks like somebody being crucified without a cross. It looks like it might be like military or something, but I don't know if he was in the military. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah. Amy Poehler. Hello, Amy Poehler. <laughs> I love Amy Poehler so much. 
choreographing and slash was... producing or <laughs> she is uh, oh my god I am so happy with I was so I was totally the I totally would have been in the inside kids table <laughs> at that inside kids table oh, but oh. Um, the cure you'd be cure girl, girl. (laughs) yeah. But I was so into theater, so I was torn. I was torn at times, you know. Uh, yeah, it was hard, but I I, I couldn't stand a lot of those, (laughs) like some of those theater people that were like that, that were so. I have met those kind of people that are like what they're portraying here, but thankfully I never had to work for any of those people. <laughs> like at least, you know, when I was in high school, I just want to let you guys know that my kids suck dick and they didn't even try. <laughs> no, I she just asleep. I don't care anymore. Allow me to be mad. Like after, it's actually like after earlier, the whole thing. I mean, you can just see she's had rage issues all these different times throughout the movie. Like when, um, what's your name? Beth is like, you gotta like let, you know, Steve, the weird boy, whatever, that's been sitting by himself, gotta let him in the talent show. And she's like, after after Beth leaves, she's like, throws down her clipboard. She always wins. (laughs) Bradley Cooper goes to pick it up. She's like, leave it. Allow me to be mad. (laughs) Let me be mad. (laughs) Yeah, she's just. uh, I like how they how they talk about, you know, before the big baseball game. They add mm-hmm. that, you know, sort of typical deconstructive the state kind of comedy. It's like, we just kind of figure it's, mm-hmm. uh, might as well just not go through with it, because what's the point? Which that, yeah, uh, I guess another... Oh, it... hmm? No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just say that that does seem to be a thing, is the o- overemphasized importance of a sports game in a summer camp thing where most of the people don't really care if it was real, if it was in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what were you going to say? Well, no, I was just going to say, I, there's so many just little things in this that are hysterical. Like, um, uh, where Beth is telling the counselors what they're assigned to do and she's like oh go over here t- take this bunk they want to watch you know this the movie syndrome. they want to watch china syndrome again and i'm like what demented children want to repeatedly watch the china syndrome and then i stopped and thought about it and then i was like mm, that probably would have been me though <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yep. On Betamax. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's a good movie. That, that, that is one of the things about talking about uh, this or whoever did a Kids in the Hall brain candy on either 
this or mm-hmm. psychosemantic. It's a lot of it is just uh, this joke was funny, you know, because it's yeah. sketch people making a movie. It is. I. It is a. Well, I. It does tell a full I story. Told you, I, it does, and I told you I wanted to do a scene from this, like the two of us, but there was nothing in here that was really long enough of a scene for just two people. There were either longer scenes that were longer time. That would have been okay. If we had more people, but we didn't. Or there were just something that was like a good monologue. And I was like, but again, it wasn't super long. So it is a bunch of sketch things kind of tied together but there is this common thread it's like a sweater that's connected yeah it goes through they go through the the camp day schedule and then all the other stories are spread out and then they all link up uh, later in the conversation at the talent show mm-hmm. but yeah there's um Ken Marino and Jolo taking <laughs> You got to take the kids out on the lake. No. Oh, okay. How about the kids go out on the lake and you take them? Uh, so he's trying to get back. Joe's chasing him. We've got the coop and uh, Katie camp romance thing or whatever, uh, you know, teenagers or yeah. Yeah, teenagers, teenagers and in, in like. And there's Beth and what's his, David Hyde Pierce's name? Um, Henry. Henry. And then they've got Henry's got his own little side thing with Skylab. Yeah. The, him and the the inside kids, which was what the, a medieval yeah. medieval boy, mall girl, cure girl, and. I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons kid who is played by John Hodgman um, in the read through on the special features. Yeah, who was. Was that all of them? Hold on. Caped Boy is what they call one. Mork Boy. Oh, yeah, because I thought there was an extra one. Mall Brat Girl. Cure girl. Yeah. I tried to make mental note of it when I was watching the credits that they actually had nicknames, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that's them. That, that is that is their name. It's Kate boy is what they call the uh, Dungeons and Dragons boy. Douchebags are hygienic items. I consider that a compliment. That kid. Compliment. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Judah Freelander pops up. Oh, as Ron. As Ron. The ex-husband of uh, Dale. <laughs> You'll be back. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, and this camp it it isn't necessarily a Jewish sleepover camp, but the campers are mostly Jewish. And when I worked for the JCC, the JCC that I 
had a sleepover camp that was associated with it. And I did have to go out there for like a, like a couple day trips um, over time. And yeah, it was just like, when I saw this movie after I, you know, the couple years after I stopped working after stopped working at the JCC, I immediately was like, <laughs> like that's all I thought about. <laughs> all the campers. Because all the, you know, some of the names, and you're just like, and I love that there's the one scene where Beth is just reading down a list of campers, like, names, like, oh, you should get your, you know, luggage together and she's just like half making up names and she throws in the name of like old prime ministers of Israel (laughs) rabbis you know just yeah she's just like making it sound like picking just any Jewish name she can think of to put in there and make it sound more like what this but it's obviously even goes to the end where they have their talent show thing and michael show walter plays his secondary character whatever who Al- is obviously alan supposed to be like a alan shemper or whatever yep. he's obviously like a borscht belt comic you know uh so pterodactyl set up yeah, this seems to be set up in, I guess, Maine from because of oh, when he says well, Maine, David obviously Pierce's, Pierce's character. Yeah, um, but Coop and Katie live in New York or Long Island. Right, because they say get together in the city. In the city, yeah. And I think they do say when the putting out the luggage thing for the south, the early south bus to Boston, or something like that, or down to Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, especially, I mean that that borscht, <laughs> and that's that's the other thing about that the talent show with you you're talking about. Uh, with the the kids and his ter- well, I, you didn't say they're terrible jokes, but they're pretty corny jokes. And Amy Poehler being all bothered Whoa. by her kids, and they put on that really good version of Godspell, and everything's been getting which laughs and cheers and you know all that shit, and then they do that. That's <laughs> sorry. And all I've got to say, though, I am one of those people who feels Godspell is a really just shitty musical. I don't think I've ever seen all of it. I've just seen people do songs from it in movies and shows. It's I just I'm not into it. And I'm not saying that because it's a really Christian musical. From the, I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that because I don't like the music. <laughs> and um, because I love fucking Jesus Christ Superstar. 
even though I don't like that's not my religious beliefs, but I love fucking Jesus Christ Superstar. I will rock out to some goddamn Jesus Christ Superstar. I have sung it at karaoke even. So, you know, just I'm say Godspell is just not my my thing. But that said, this was still nicely sung. Those kids were doing a good job. Could the choreography be the choreography have been more complex? Maybe, but they weren't doing a bad job. And as far as we know, they were doing the choreography as taught because the Amy Poehler's right. character so seemed to be focusing on. Yeah. But I, I love the one. I think it in one scene you see where you have Bradley Cooper in the back and he's starting to do part of the choreography with with the, the kids, like dancing with the kids. And he is holding like a badminton or tennis racket. And he almost hits one of the kids in the head with it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when she yells stop, he's like hugging it. <laughs> but he almost hits, a, he hits someone with it. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional. Right. But it's perfect. I just noticed it when oh when I watched it last night, yeah. And of course, that's he's Ben, and he and McKinley have a bit yeah. of a romance going on. Yes, lots of camp sex for them, or at least. Well. Yeah, and 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 all this all McKinley's friends think that. He's not, you know, that he has no one. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> They're peeping on girls taking Just their... Just not the gender yeah. you think. He's having fun in the sports equipment shed. Exactly. Balls everywhere. And Precisely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is just one of those movies that... I love that they buy him a gift. I love that they buy him a gift from Crate and Barrel. <laughs> this is for you. It's a song. I forget what it is. Like, we didn't know if you had. I, I liked that because that is yeah. the, the traditional camp movies are steeped in misogyny, homophobia, and all other shit. Which they use a couple words like that in this film, but I feel that they're put there in selective points because this is supposed to be a comment, a throwback to 1981, but I feel it's more in a commentary sense. Yeah. I mean, they Especially totally want you to think that they're going to do something worse than get him a wedding present. <laughs> Because they don't use the F word more than once, I don't think. No. I, and I think. when they do, it's only immediately. And then the next thing we see them interacting with Ben and McKinley, it's them with a gift. It, it's like they don't 
know the language. I, no, I, I had that thought for a minute where I was like, yeah, it's like they didn't know the language, but it's it's not like they actually have a problem with their friends being exactly together. Yeah, you know, and even the because they it's like they get it. It's just oh, okay, these are two people, whatever. And the confu- um, the confusion, like watching the ceremony, is pretty obviously just, oh, I am changing who I think my friend is. I don't really know what's going on. Not like, oh, we got to. Yeah, uh, I think this was very smart use of the situation. Yes. Yeah, I no, I thought that was actually because it could have been seen as. Why did she have to include that? Because in a way that that to me I feel is more purposeful than where Andy calls um Oh right. What's her name? Katie? The girl. A die. Katie. Yeah. When he when he calls her a dyke, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm just to me it, that doesn't. Yes, that would be in character for Andy, but I think it's unnecessary, especially if you're going to have your kind of moment of kind of commentary and selective use of the other later. But it could also just be a con to contrast. See, there are people who are enlightened. Some people just are assholes. Yeah, Andy is not enlightened. <laughs> Andy is an asshole. No, it's obvious. I mean, he is so misogynistic in so many ways. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You taste like a burger. I don't like you anymore. Um, I love that line, but it is absolutely vile and disgusting at the same time. Like, if someone ever said that to me. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a violent person, but... You'd consider it. I would consider it. I guess, well, wow, we've made it this far without talking about H. John Benjamin as mixed vegetables. Well. <laughs> Played by Bobcat Goldthwait in the before, in the read-through. Uh, uh, well, I want to talk about H. John Benjamin in this um, because I love that he plays the character in the prequel series. Did you see that? When it first came out and not since. So it's all vague in my memory. He played a person who was, I, I believe, a camp counselor or head of the camp, head of the camp. 
think head of the camp. And there was like a nuclear accident nearby. And somehow he got turned into like he like melded fly style with a can of vegetables. So they've they've got his origin story. <laughs> and, and that's his origin story. And you have him he starts he's talking. Yeah, at that point. Just be honest. But yeah. I like I think he was the head of the camp. Oh god, I do too. So many things like everything he does. Everything. And there's that all interconnectivity, because wasn't he well, I know he's friends with Janine Garofalo and Sam Cedar, but wasn't he involved in Air America when they were too, or am I making that up? Oh, I don't not that I know of. Okay. So I'm just making that up because the three of them are connected and Janine and Sam Cedar were on there. I think she got fired right. and left right around yeah. 9-11. But anyway, I feel like Skylab doesn't really get talked about anymore. Skylab. I can't, I can't even remember in, when, when was that? This movie or Skylab in the scientific NASA sense. Well, that was in the 70s, right? <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Oh. <laughs> Are you talking in the context of this movie? I I'm just saying because... We've had such random conversation today. I just can't tell. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it uh, chronologically in the movie. Oh, okay. Because uh, I don't remember if there was ever really a part. Before we move on, sorry. No. And before we move on and talk about Skylab, saying about the tasting like a burger thing. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks with the barbecue sauce all over her face trying to be sexy is one of the funniest things. She is so good at just like somehow she pulls it off because she is still kind of sexy and then you're like no, it's just <laughs> so ridiculous looking. I just, no, I can't. It's just a bit much. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I love that she can do that with like a straight face and like not crack. But I'm like, how many takes did it, you, you know? <laughs> yeah. How many shoots? But she she got her MFA at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Neat. Ah. But she's from Massachusetts. So again, all the the East Coast comedians or New England area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the um camp was in Pennsylvania. So I'm guessing the kids were kind of a relatively local area oh the actors you know or weren't trapped yeah that were in the movie so i'm thinking they would be keeping a lot of the cast just from east coast you know upper east coast yeah this this so, movie is just one of those movies it, that i could watch whenever yeah um anyway let's take a break i need to get some more water all right 
and yeah, and then we will finish uh, talking about this, and then we'll wrap up the show. Okay. Sounds good to me. And you're all stuck with whatever we decide, so sorry we didn't get to check your vote. <laughs> okay, be back in a minute. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now back to the cutting room. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael oh, hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. And we're back. Sorry about that. Um, had to wet the whistle. Um, anyway, so I had one last thing that I realized I had to say before we went back to Skylab. Um, so we were talking about H. John Benjamin as the can of vegetables, the Zen master can of vegetables. And Maloney says all these different things. And when the vegetable can starts dispensing the advice and he says, and you know what? I can suck my own dick. <laughs> and I do it. I do it a lot. A lot. <laughs> just, just be honest about it. Just be honest. If you're going to hop the fridge or... Then do it. I'm gonna go hump my bridge. Yeah. Oh. It's just, yeah. And in the behind the scenes, I don't know if you had that, if you watched that on your disc. 
but um, copy of this. But um, they just have like footage of many different ways that he jumped up there and humped the fridge. <laughs> it was hysterical. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> Christopher Maloney is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Oh, I he is just. I mean, in the dance, his little bit in the dancing and training montage. Uh, Learning the new way with Coop and um, the other yeah. guy that works with him in the kitchen. Oh, the fever getting it higher. This movie's got two montages, at least. There's also town. It has. It has multiple montages. It has, um, because where Victor is running back to camp to get Abby to make out with her, there's that kind of montage. And then there's the one where they go into town. (laughs) Oh, I love this. Beth is driving. And they're like, ah, and they pile in the back. And there's the Rick Springfield song. And um, they're like doing whatever errands. And then all of a sudden you see them like it's scoring whatever drugs in a back alley. And then they end up in some sort of, you know, drug den. <laughs> like. It, one it of them sprawled on a mattress, like Amy Poehler in the middle of a hallway, like <laughs> with the guy that sold them the drugs in the alley. I think. I he shows back yeah, up later. Well, and some random people. Yep. Yeah. And I yeah, guess there were some so, parts cut um, out from that too. Of course. Well, and they beat up an old lady in that bit. I love. Like. <laughs> It's fun to get into town, even for just an hour. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but but right before she leaves, where Nurse Nancy, or whatever, comes up and is like, Go, I need you to get something for me. I need you to get some some lube for my pussy. (laughs) Like, Like, the way she whispers it. She doesn't you know, say lube discreetly. She just like it. And then, but Janine Garofalo's facial expression, like as a response to that, like she's really contemplating it. Like, (laughs) I don't know. She's she's... like, okay, I'll get it. (laughs) She takes a lot of stuff in stride in this movie. Janine Garofalo does. But, what yeah. Sky Skylab for real fell in seventy nine. So yeah, Skylab. Which is, I mean, they start tracking it pretty early on in the movie, so we could still jump back wherever. But because with David uh, Henry is staring up into the sky, he's like, oh, I, mm-hmm. "It's nothing to worry about yet, Beth." Um. But anyway, uh, where are you in your notes? 
No, well, there's, I I love that when he says, I have something to tell you. And she says, oh, don't tell me you have crabs. No, she says, don't even tell me you have crabs. That was the wording precisely. And I'm like. (laughs) Well, yes, but that's not the point. And he's like, no. And then, no, but that's not the point. Or yes, but that's not the point. (laughs) That's when he tells her about Skylab. (laughs) And that it's a threat. (laughs) That's the introduction. So. Yeah. But just, yeah. There are, the montage thing is definitely used multiple times in this, but I feel like you can't have anything that you're portraying a 70s or 80s movie, something that's supposed to be that era without having at least one montage. Yeah, time period plus summer camp movie. You have to have at least one. Yeah. I think they, they did the ratio right. They could have probably done one more, but I their comedy mm-hmm. is better than my comedy, so I trust them. And can I just say that... Uh, did you have any more to say about Sky Skylap? No, I just was trying to figure out if that was actually a thing that happened in a way or if it was something that people thought was going to happen but didn't. And then I checked it out when we were on break. Ah. Thank you for doing the research. I did not. Ah. Yeah. Yes. um... 1981, Skylab's orbit decayed and it disintegrated in the atmosphere. Yeah. And this is supposed to be 81. Yeah. So. So. Lines up. (laughs) Good job, people. David. There we go. The math. (laughs) <laughs> so I have to I have to say that the point in the film where all of a sudden the Neil com- character comes in to back to the camp after he's been chasing Victor and he runs in screaming to Beth's office. When I watched this movie last night, that entire scene where it starts, where he runs in there, the shot continues from room to room. It's like one continuous shot the way it's done. It looks like it. And then it goes from room to room. And then they're screaming here and there. Where's the phone? And then (gasps) things like throughout this entire movie, actually, are just randomly being thrown everywhere for no reason. Like, (laughs) just (laughs) it's totally nonsensical. And but they're all screaming, and then just the way though in this sequence though, the camera is following from room to room while they're screaming that from room to room. And when I was watching this last night, that scene tickled me so hard that I just had to stop the movie and stop laughing. 
before I could continue. I I have been so, I've been working so hard. I've been sleep deprived. <laughs> and it's just a funny scene anyway that normally makes me laugh. But <laughs> just, I it hit that spot last night and that I just, once I got started laughing, I couldn't stop. <laughs> yes. So that was my commentary on the, on that <laughs> bit. I mean, there's just, there are a lot of one liners in this movie, but then you have scenes like little scenes like that, that are little bits that are just some that are nonsensical and, most of well, most of it's nonsensical. Let's put it, let's call it what it is. But it's fun. Yeah, well, because okay, Steve at the end of the talent show and conjuring the wind. And meanwhile, Skylab is doing whatever it does. Um and they're preventing the meteor from, or what? No, Skylab from hitting. Oh, because uh, it was going to land hall. on the rec hall. Because yeah. it was going to land on the rec hall, so they're trying to divert it with whatever device. Uh, yeah, it's just so ridiculous, but it's fun, and the um, yeah, and in the middle of like the wind and everything you see people like as people are like falling over and everything you see Christopher Maloney standing there still like very because he's supposed to be you know the Vietnam vet you know hardened guy he's still standing there his arms akimbo and very stone whatever like every the wind is blowing all this shit into him and he's still standing there and trying to stand there without flinching. It's like forever the military man. <laughs> and then the two girls start making out in the middle of it. <laughs> Just. But yeah. And then, the, then at the end of the movie, where you have like, okay, this is supposed to essentially have been, 24 hours later. And that is, we're supposed to be, it's the entire, what seems to be a long emotional, even though we know it isn't, it is seemingly relationship the way that this is acted out and dialogue wise. Um, this whole it's seemingly like this relationship between Beth and Henry has been going on for a long time and they've been trying for a long time to conceive and really all, and she's all of a sudden pregnant. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you just spoke to one another the day before you could technically be pregnant, but, um, I don't think nurse Nancy you, you would, would be able to tell her <laughs> In that length of time. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, you may not be able to tell even. Um, and also, um, yeah, if you've been trying to conceive for a long time, that doesn't jive, but I, I love the way that they engage these 
on, you know, this crazy timeline and whatever. It's like there's these time warps going on. Just like all of a sudden Gail and the 12-year-old boy are in a like long-time relationship are going to get married. In a week or two. And just don't sure jumbo shrimp, you know, but... I'm allergic to oxymorons. But do we think they would get away with that now? Oh, joking about her marrying a little boy? Yeah. Uh, It depends on who's doing the joke. But they probably would stay away from it. I, I would think. Yeah. I would think. Even though it's not like you show them kissing or anything. Right. He's just, you know, act, acts like a quote unquote adult the whole time that they know each other. Yeah. I mean, and he like, you know, he touches her lovingly, but it's not, it's like arm on your shoulder, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, his hands where he's giving her, a, you know, a massage, but it's not even in a creepy manner. It's just like a friend that cares about you. <laughs> right. Like, hey, relax. Ron's who he is. And you can't change that. Right. It, yeah. It, so it sounds and it seems like he's a little adult. Yeah. And that is the joke. Yeah. But, but I don't think I that they would do that don't... these days. Right. I don't think that they would do that these days. I think that they would, most people would stay away from that now. Yeah. That's just, that's, I mean, that's one thing that did stand out where I was kind of like, I don't know if they would do that as a joke now. Maybe, but probably not. Probably not. Otherwise, I think. I mean, there's. What? No, go ahead. I was say otherwise. I think you know there there are definitely some movies that people will say, "Well, it's a it's a product of its time," but I I don't know. I feel like this movie, other than that part, could have been made very recently. It it doesn't really. It's not as dated as a lot of two thousand one movies, and maybe it's because oh, absolutely not. You know, maybe it's because of the people that did it, the people that directed it were, I don't know, if you want to say ahead of their time. But a lot of these people weren't famous and a lot of them went on to become very well known. <laughs> Although I guess not really. I mean, well, some some of them had already been established, but it's not like, uh, yeah, just, just some movies are either accidentally or on purpose kind of insensitive to shit and i feel like they actually worked on not being insensitive about some of the shit that they joked about in the movie you know well now uh, and i did actually read that originally they had scripted it for the 12 year old boy to give gail a kiss even like on the cheek 
or something. And the like writer, director, and the kid's parents could tell that the kid was uncomfortable with even that. And they were like, no, then it's just going to get cut out. You know, they were very mindful, even of that. So I, I feel that that does make this work and why, even though this is a 2001 movie, and this was handled much better than it would have been by many other direct writers and directors. Yeah. I, I feel like it was a, you had smarter, a smarter group of people working on it, you know, behind the scenes. I mean, they weren't, it was smart. It's, this is smart, stupid comedy. Because you can have stupid comedy that's smart. And this is this to me, you know, is mostly is like most of the jokes in here are that. But yeah, sure, it still engages in like fart humor. It's not above that. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, David Wayne, I, I feel like he's uh, uh, relatively smart person and Michael Showalter who played Coop was co-writer of the movie yeah if I'm not mistaken David Wayne I did Mm -hmm. see is from Shaker Heights Ohio ah yep and he went to a young Jewish summer camp in Maine on which wet hot American summer is loosely based so he doesn't live here anymore like a lot of people (laughs) Or from yeah. Ohio, but get famous. Dave Chappelle still lives here. Unlike Dave Chappelle, who <laughs> right. keeps a place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, so, I like them. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think why, I think this film has such a rewatchability factor for me because it has aged well enough. Yeah. I mean, as again, as opposed to other things of this time. And I mean, like we said, sure that one thing they probably wouldn't include in here, be, you know, if they made this now, but, uh, but it doesn't come across as, Yeah, it's still not a certain level of offensive. I feel like it's handled well. It's more of a, I feel like it's more of a friendship type thing. You know? Yeah. I think we're kind of making it. The kid is a little adult. (laughs) I think we're saying it again, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're pretty obvious that we would recommend the movie. I, well, yes. I, I would recommend the movie, and it sounds like you would recommend. Yes, I, I would too. Um, I was going to ask you. Uh, so did you have the disc uh, where we've deleted scenes from this? 
Yep, I've seen it a couple times. I was just laughing at every that Christopher Maloney, every single deleted scene of his, like where he was like bullying the golf girl about the corn, because she's like, "What do you have for vegans at the barbecue?" <laughs> And then he's like, well, you eat corn, right? And she's like, yeah, but is it whatever, like, farm husked corn or whatever she calls it? And he, and like all of it, and you can see, like, Christopher Maloney behind the other one just, like, getting, like, angrier and angrier. And then all of a sudden he's like, just eat that fucking corn! Very spit-talking. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and eat the fucking corn! Yeah. And then there's another deleted scene where she starts to complain. And he's like, shut up, shut the fuck up and eat the fucking corn. <laughs> and she's like running away from him. It's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I Great was movie. like, uh, that was just. Yeah. And oh, the um. And so how, now, have you seen on the behind the scenes? I've probably watched all of the special features, at least once. Okay. Well, they had in there. Uh, you know, they talked to the actors just like as an ad lib thing. To answer, like, as if they were in character. Like, oh, it's ten years later. You know, what are you... What is your character doing now? And so they, like, dress them up in wardrobe. And they let them come up with whatever they... Sorry. Zora's knocking shit over. Um, so they had them answer whatever and it was just it's so funny and then it's so it's like then you have to stop and think well what would these characters be doing now and some of them yes you know would be doing like the most menial things whatever and then these you know and these other ones who've been talking like such big things whatever and then of course katie yeah just be i mean just be a housewife, which that's fine if that's what you want to be, but it, right. It's like, yeah, no, I never wanted to have any options. Like, <laughs> that's her only option she sees for her. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting that they have that. And then Garofalo playing with her dogs on set, which I kind of loved. Anyway, that was my <laughs> this is my last thing. So Vanessa also recommends oh, checking out the special us. features. I do. I do. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I guess that wraps up our discussion on that. Darren. Yes. Unless you have anything else, right? No, I think I think we did a pretty good job. <laughs> if I don't say so myself. Okay. 
Okay. I'm just double checking. Okay, good. So now, um, Darren, tell us what's coming up next month. Okay, next month I had two different ideas. If you don't want to do this first one, I've got my backup that we will do. Uh, so mystery door number two, or we do the 19th. This is the end of summer right here, right now, as we're talking. Well, uh, mm-hmm. for school, for beginning of fall, for whatever, we could be doing the 1979 musical comedy Rock and Roll High School. Starring the Ramones and PJ Souls and other people. Paired with... Mary Warnoff. Yes. Awesomely Mary Warnoff. Uh, paired with, or without, Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, My Life is a Ramone by Marky Ramone and somebody that's a writer. Uh, that's about 300 pages long. So, first thing is, do you want to do both of those or just the movie or... The mystery door. Or what? I, you could have. Or the mystery uh, choice that we'll just do. But you don't know what it is. Why don't I get to know the mystery choice? Well, because you should know if you want to do this. Well, I certainly am intrigued. I definitely could be into it. I know we're reading a book for October and I haven't seen how long it is. Do we want to have reading or not in September? We can have reading in September. Okay. It doesn't have to be super long. The other idea has option for reading as well, which would be shorter than, than this book. Which would be shorter. That might have to weigh the option for me. Cool. That is finishing up season one of The Boys and seeing if you read any of the comic. Um, Because there's two or three episodes left of season one. Yes. I could do more of the show. I don't know if I still have not finished volume one of the comic. I've been going back. Part of me is like, I think I'm pretty, I think I'm relatively close to the end, but I don't, I mean, know if I want to be a completionist and read it or if I have enough interest to read it. That's why I said, and see if you read any more of the comic. Because part of part of this whole thing yeah. is your lack of interest in superhero things was met by the boys, and it's been changing, and your gravitor- you did start gravitating mm-hmm. more towards the show, but you've not really given a shit about or liking the comic. So yeah, it, the, the mystery option that you decided to go with was finish up the boys and see if you do any more of the comic. So that is what we are doing in September, followed by something Vanessa is working on setting up for October. That's, I've already said, has reading involved. Yeah. 
Okay, so for the comic, right? Yeah. Is that what are we doing? The boys? <laughs> Did I just hear you correctly? We are doing. We are finishing the season of the boys, and okay, thank you. We, you will tell us if you read any. Sorry, more it's of been a long book. day. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I was muted when I said that. What? Sorry. Um. When the so the comic as it goes on, is it? Well, probably not. Never mind. I won't ask. Is it less the things that you don't like about Maybe. it? Maybe. <laughs> is that what you're yeah. gonna say? Not really. Uh, I mean, they do. They focus on different mm-hmm. things, but. The things you don't like about it are from Ellis, who is involved in the entire project. So, yeah, um, that's yeah. But that's why I wanted it to be open ended, because that way you telling us what happened, if if anything, and your developing opinion on the stuff. Uh, I guess I would have to say, I can't remember if it's in the first or the second book, but have you got to 9-11 yet? Which isn't why I picked it. Like I said, I was thinking no. of school in the Ramones and Rock and Roll High School. Um, okay. Yeah, it's either in the first or the second book, but it's... Well, I I mean, I hadn't got... I had not gotten to that... Uh, the plane going down thing in the comic either. Okay. They are close together. Okay. So, yeah. I, how about this? I will at least finish the volume that I have. And, you, yeah. uh, <laughs> sorry. I will at least eat my broccoli so I can be dismissed from the table. <laughs> yeah, whatever you read before then, it will never get never brought up again. You never had to force me to eat broccoli. As, as a kid, I was always willing. Yeah, I love broccoli. I got a bunch of broccoli and green beans in the house right now. But anyway, yeah. No, uh, sure. I... <laughs> It's yeah. If if okay. you are not if you don't want to read any more of the comic, you're not going to want to read any more of the comic. Basically, it's it's a lot more of the well, same. Like I said, like I said, I will at the very least finish the volume that I already started, just out of the sense of being a completionist. For that. Okay. Okay. Can't promise I'm going to go any further there on the comic. That's fine. Uh, but I'm definitely up. I'm definitely up for whatever, however many episodes are left in this, the first season. Yep, there. It was like two or three. Yeah, two or three episodes left in the first season. Then you're tapping out of talking about the boys on podcasts. I, well, I'll still talk about the series, but. No more comic. 
I don't cool. know about the I don't know about the comic. That that's fine. You're always more wanting to read than I am. I'm just trying to put it out there. Yeah. No. So cool. That is what we're doing. Long story short, too late. Yeah. And <laughs> stars were so wishy washy, folks. Oh. That's the end of summer. And the yeah. Drugs from town are wearing we're off. Bra- our... Yeah. I need a vacation. And if we weren't worried about copyright, this song would probably. Well, I don't know how David feels about the Go Go's. But vacation would be good. Song, if we had okay. the rights. So, although, what song from this movie would, would we have to have in the episode? Because there's so many songs in this movie that are just perfect. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. You got one in mind? Hmm. Uh, always do the um, one that they do the dance and training montage to. <laughs> Show me the fever, going to the fire. <laughs> yeah. That one's yeah. Woo-hoo. I think I sang part of it. Yeah. Great yeah. shit. Fun movie. Could watch it lots of times. Now I'm actually kind of. If it wasn't so hard, well, actually I don't know. I was talking to. Uh, I hear it is difficult to find in the UK right now. Uh, I believe it was Matt Jones said that he missed out on watching it when it was on Netflix and he's, yeah. uh, he had seen that I was watching it and he can find the, the sequel and the show, but he was having a hard time. I, I think he's going to have to buy a disc or sail the seas. Here, it's only available on iTunes and direct, like ATT Direct TV or something like that on the streaming platforms. Yeah. Hmm. But well, seemingly easier to get here. All I can say is, yeah. Is there, um, so what else is going on for you, Darren, um, outside of BD Clinic? Well, let's see. There's still my second year. It's, I've been watching movies from the final list of mm-hmm. uh, movies that I've been talking about with some people doing on Psychosemantic. Well, it's not the final list, but I have a list that I just give to people sometimes. And so one of those that's been on there for a long while is supposed to be coming out soonish, not to, you know, uh, probably keep, keep your eyes open. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode's dropping, but it hasn't recorded yet. So I don't want to talk about it because every time I say that I'm going to record something, it doesn't happen, but 
so far if I've recorded it, yeah, it's been okay. I get it. And uh, I've, oh, and my year on the podcast on the stairs summer series, I've got one more year over there to come out. I think that yeah. comes out in a couple weeks and gearing up to do the round table or I think, well, I'm not, I'm only going to be on okay. one, but I think Duncan's doing three or four round tables for that. Ugh. I know I haven't been able to listen to all of the content, like, in, especially when it's like how many hours or something. I, it's hard. Oh, I can it's cheat. I can cheat if I want to. It's overwhelming. <laughs> it's overwhelming. Yeah. We'll eventually get a list before everybody else knows and we'll be able to uh, cheat if, if we like with, with some of the, yeah, marathon ones but i was on relatively well short episodes for the series i think they were both under five hours and well, that, that's what you, that's what i mean <laughs> yeah. well i think one of them was yeah. the shortest one this year or tied for shortest one and the longest i think in its history uh duncan said was the one that came out the week that we're recording this the the one that's like yeah almost eight hours or something like that yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much just that. Podcast wise, I've got a couple, yeah, a couple psychosemantic recordings lined up, and uh, going exiting summer, <laughs> going into the fall. Yep, yep, yep. Get at I'm us here, at yeah. BD Clinic Pod on Instagram, Twitter. Gmail, Facebook, iTunes, all those places. Um, yeah. Hope you had a good summer. Well, yeah. All things considered. Hopefully you exactly. had a safe summer. And yeah. Um, cool. I think, yeah, that's a goodbye from me. All I can say is I'm going to go fondle some sweaters. <laughs> I mean, fondue some cheddar. <laughs> I think that has to have been the last line. And, yeah, oh, exactly. Shit, good. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more. <laughs>